Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are really bougie, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. So Jonah, I was thinking the other day about a surprise party that was thrown for me when I was 13 or 14. And I just, do you remember when there was a surprise party for me at our house? Sadly, I do not remember this, but I'm, uh, (laughs) I feel like that's not great for the podcast, but please tell everyone, including me about it. Okay. Well, I'll tell you really quickly. Here's how it went down. Basically, I was positive there was going to be a surprise party for me. And I went to my friend Sarah Wolf's house, who was my neighbor too. I just walked right over to her street. And I thought, there's going to be a surprise party for me at Sarah's house. And I got there and I opened the door and there was nobody there. And I thought, wow, they really think they've gotten me. Okay. So then I was walking around and every time I would like make a turn in her house or like come around to a new bedroom, I'd like open the door. Like there were going to be people there and then there was no one there. And then we went to her basement Same thing. I'm walking around this basement. I'm like, oh, what if I open this door? And there was nobody there. And then at some point, her mom, I could hear her mom like throwing up in her room and like her making like gagging noises. Yeah. And so her mom called Sarah over and Sarah was like, my mom's really sick. So she wants us to go to your house. Okay. I did not even think about what was about to happen because I'm, they did get me big time. So then we show up at my house again, one street away. And what would you know? birthday party for me. Now, my first reaction was feeling a little bit mad because I was like, you all pulled this off without telling me and nobody told me. But I guess I just want to say that a surprise party is a mix of emotions and that's how I feel. And I'm curious how our guest today feels about it. But Jonah, what do you think? Yeah. Wait, so I, I just so we're clear, why were you so confident you were going to have, did you hear someone talking about it? Because it was what, my what birthday kind of... and nothing was planned. And I kind of thought, oh, it's going to be a it. surprise party. Okay. So it wasn't the realm of possibility, like everyone just forgot my birthday. You knew something was up. I knew something was up. 
Okay, fair enough. But they did a good job of hiding it from me. Now, I'd love to get our guest's take. And I told her, yes. as you heard, we said she doesn't have to pretend she's not here while we tell the story. But yet, but I am, kind oddly. Of, kind of <laughs> I'm like laughing silently out loud. <laughs> I don't know okay. why. Well, we'll introduce you. I mean, our guest We'll introduce today, you and then you'll like exist. That's fine. I'm just really stuck <laughs> on the mom gagging. Go on. <laughs> That element of the story. I know the acting of the mom. Okay, well, our guest today, we are so excited to have her. She's an actress, comedian, screenwriter, director, podcaster. You may know her from shows such as Saturday Night Live, Happy Endings, Marry Me, Black Monday, and The Shrink Next Door, plus her podcast, Bitch Sesh, and now Garbage Sesh. They both couldn't be harder to say. (laughs) (laughs) Which she does with Danielle Schneider, and which I do not miss. Okay. God bless you. Please welcome our friend Casey Wilson. Hi, guys. Hey, Casey. Hi, now Casey. I'm here. Now I'm in the space. Now you're I'm officially here. here. I've landed and I feel good here. <laughs> Casey, what did you think about that? And has anyone ever thrown you a surprise party? And did you also feel kind of like, why didn't anyone tell me? Well, I just want to say, I love that you were both confident you were going to have it. And then when you did have it, angry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I feel like you would have been angry either way if there wasn't one. Right. And then I'm like, God, the mom, God love her, just really throwing herself into that yeah. role of like possibly you thinking she had eating disorder. I don't know. You know, just, just various <laughs> complications or food poisoning. But no one has ever thrown me one. And I know that seems very sad. I've thought it was sad before, too. Oh, well, I know. I've had surprise elements. That is not the same. It's not the same. I will say, I think you would probably have the same reaction as me, which is... Yeah, probably. Especially when it truly is a surprise. Like, had it happened at Sarah's house, I think I would have been like, you guys. But because once we went back to my house, I really thought it was not happening. I absolutely felt like you guys all got together without me. You decided on this thing. And then once I got over that initial shock, I felt good about it. But... I'll tell you, I think in some ways it's a blessing to never have one for yourself because you do feel like, wow, must have been fun to do all this freaking talking and planning and never tell me. (laughs) That's a very kind of cynical way to look at it. I was also actually having a cynical way of looking at it in a different way. I was thinking, okay, this sounds like something that would be so difficult to do as an adult. It sounds like something as kids, like y- so easy to get these kids together. They're, yeah. they don't have jobs. Like they're not doing anything. It's like everyone come over. But now it feels like it'd be planning and everyone's Herculean. trying to, right? They're trying to book stuff and you're, but you're not supposed to let the person know, but you're like, oh, can we hang out the next day? Or do they, have pl-? it just feels so complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree. The only thing I'm like involved in surprises right now is I have <laughs> a group of friends from college that we're always trying to one-up each other with surprises, but it's a bit different. It's of a stripper hiding or a different character or... Okay. And it's like, what is that? You know, I'm 42. No one's needing these strippers, but yet we cannot stop. And so, you know, we've done one at a child, a friend's child's first birthday. He's oh, upstairs God. and someone's asked to carry things up. And then one time I had a, a male stripper posing as my glam squad and he was just doing my lipstick for a long time in a Miami hotel room. And he even was like going like this. <laughs> to for me to blot and then literally like put on a Drake song and start stripping. But that feels very, it feels very fun. There's something about getting people. Yeah. 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 It just feels fun. And I know that's a 
weird and strange one that no one actually even cares about the stripper. Right. It's more the surprise of It's more the, the surprise. In case you don't know this, but I, ha- I, I almost had a say. surprise-based business idea yes. a long time ago with, with my friend John that never got off the ground called Surprise Enterprise. I did not know this, Jonah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised you didn't know this. But that it, comes as a surprise. This was like pre... I would say the early days of the internet. Right. <laughs> okay. Pre like curated boxes. Now it's like everyone's like, let me curate this. So you, everyone's a curator. But but that this was before that. And we would okay. get this questionnaire of your responses. And then we would surprise you with a gift in my friend's car called the Surprise Mobile. And it would be this. That was sort of the business. And, and I asked my I dad. I love this. Thank you so much. I asked our dad to invest in it. And he said no. <laughs> And actually not only said no, but encouraged me strongly not to do it. And uh, Or ask any other friends or family for money. Yeah. Yeah. And how did it go? I mean, it doesn't seem you're still doing it, but I don't take that as any measure of failure. Yeah. And by still, you mean ever. Yeah, it was more a concept. Yeah. Incubation phase. Didn't get a shark, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And if there's... (laughs) Your dad was not a shark. (laughs) My dad was not a shark. But yeah, if there's any venture capitalists listening to the podcast that are interested in Surprise Enterprise, I could talk to John. We could maybe get it it going. Or wants, you know, a friend to be surprised with a stripper. Yeah. (laughs) I have very out-of-the-box ideas. Yeah, but I guess also if we're taking lessons or anything from this, don't throw me a surprise party because I'm going to be pissed. Although I did have a really good time and there was a Mrs. Fields cookie cake waiting for me, which is really all I need. That's huge. Nice. You didn't say that. Yes. That is huge. I love those. That is all. It is my favorite. It is my all-time favorite. It seems like for someone who was anticipating surprise, you were thrown off pretty easily. That's a part (laughs) that is pretty funny about it, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the change of location. Once we were changed, I was positive it was going to be at Sarah's house. Yeah. And I do think when a mom gets in on some action, it's yeah. like now we're in a different realm and we've involved possible illness, be it mental, be it physical. And I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're absolutely right. Like if Sarah had said, I feel sick, you should go back to your house. I'd be like, okay. And the surprise party's at my house. But because her mom was sick and she was like, my mom thinks we should go back to your house because she's not feeling well. And her mom was faking sounds like she was throwing up. When do we not believe a friend's parent? That's right. Was she like the fun mom? She was a very young mom in a way that was very cool. I remember being, you know, (laughs) 11 and being like, I don't know how she does it. Like, she's so young. She's accomplished so much. (laughs) (laughs) Like Sarah Jessica Parker in that movie, like throwing up like a briefcase and a baby bottle. (laughs) Is that called I don't know how she does it? I think it is, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly like that. No one knows how she does it. Nobody knows how she does it. Well, Casey, we're so excited to have you here today. It was not a surprise, but... <laughs> surprise? Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> was I supposed to come in there? <laughs> no, I, just, I was making a joke, and oh, I God. was kind of waiting for laughter from both of you. Definitely actually, didn't thinking seem about like it that. was such a half-baked joke. I was going <laughs> to... Well, well, surprise, this is more what I meant to do. Let me take it again. Take it again. Well, surprise or not, we're so excited to have you here today, Casey. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. Now, Casey, as we do, we had you give us a list of nostalgic topics to talk about today. And you had such an incredible one that I think we need to get into it because we have a lot to (laughs) discuss. What you wanted to talk about is it's one of my favorite movies of all time, Would you like to say why you thought of Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet? (laughs) (laughs) 
I thought of it immediately. It wasn't like, oh, let me comb the recesses of my mind. It's mm-hmm. always right at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think I was at the age. God, I'm trying to even. I'm 42. I'm trying to think what age exactly it was, but whatever age it was, yeah, it 1996. Became, I was obsessed. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 16. Yes. Yeah. Obsessed. Like I can't even think about that fish tank scene. Yes. And then there was the soundtrack. And then there was yes. Leo. And then there was Clayne Dares, Danes's weird long wig. Yes. There was just so much about it that felt thrilling to me. Yes. Yes. And it precipitated truly an obsession with with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. That yes. went very strange and far. Yes. I mean, we were the perfect age for it. I think I was around that age. And I, just to back up, were you ever... I know you were quite a theater... Um, nerd. A theater nerd. Were you ever in a production of Romeo and Juliet, either prior or after this came out? No. And that's a shame. Yeah. Although once I saw that, I'm like, uh, you know... That's that. But I did a drama camp because, you know, to your earlier point, (laughs) I'm a theater nerd. And they were like, we're doing a screening of Romeo and Juliet, the first one. This is before the second one had come out. And I actually really liked that one, too. Did you know that the stars of that just recently sued the director in the studio? (gasps) No. They brought a very big lawsuit. Oh, Oh, I think I read about this. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Just about nudity when they were like, I don't know, probably 13, 14, 15, something like that. Yeah. And they're now elders, but they retroactively tried to sue. And how did it go? Did they... It was dismissed. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. But okay. I, I never know. We never know if Claire and Leo are going to band together. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Although I think they were a little bit older than that. But right. they probably still were teenagers because I just watched that trailer and... Wow, does Leo look young? I remember being so in love with him. But also that was when I was that age, I think I was like 13 or 14. I was heads and feet above all of the guys in my I would have crushes on guys that were literally <laughs> half my height. <laughs> Just the tiniest yeah. little guy. I like a short guy and I've always said it and I stand behind it. Well, yes, totally. But this was like... But this was a bit... Yeah, it almost felt like... Did you ever try and have a gem doll play with a Barbie doll? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. I think I've had like a My Little Pony play with a Barbie. Okay. Gem is on such a different scale. Gem was such a bigger doll. It was like, you could fit like two Barbies in a gem. Like that's how, (laughs) that's how different in size they were. So you were almost like the director of the original Romeo and Juliet and the the guy was Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, but looking back, I'm like, oh, this to me felt normal at the time. I was like, oh, guys, really hot guys are like really, they are just like teeny tiny wisps of men. <laughs> and were your friends much shorter? Almost all of, you know what? My friends were much shorter. Okay. My friends, like, do you remember that, Jonah, that all of my, all of my friends, like, Aaron and Jess, and they were all just like teeny tiny compared to me. What about Sarah? Sarah was much shorter than me. Sarah okay. was much shorter than me. It was easier for them to surprise you. Because <laughs> I'm this big giant mom was around. very short. <laughs> I would say, you know, genetically, I think both of us 
kind of got tall kind of early. Yes. Like I felt like I was one of the tallest kids in my grade. And then at a certain point in like ninth yeah. or 10th grade, like I was like good at <laughs> basketball. I was like, maybe I'll go pro. I don't know. And then ninth, 10th probably grade. Probably will. Probably will. Ninth, 10th grade happens. I stopped growing. Everyone else gets way bigger than me or, you know, around the same size. And I was, there was like nothing really distinctive about it. So were you on the kind of like the wrong side of both? A little. Yeah. There? I just felt like very, oh. I feel like my height is very average. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. A gotcha. similar thing happened to me where because I was, well, as you said, I was so tall so early. They would put me like I'd be like the first pick for like a volleyball game in gym class or whatever. People thought I was athletic. They're like, are you going to do softball this season? Whatever. And then as everyone slowly reached my height, they realized I was really bad at sports. And all I had going for me was because I was sort of tall, I looked athletic, but it didn't even help me with sports. Like I didn't even there was no I literally was the worst person on every team. And what, yeah. Anyway, um, Casey, were you tall? I, I was <laughs> tall. I was a bit taller. Yeah, I was. Yeah. And were you? I, at, I guess I, I don't know if I still am. I'm five eight. Is that that's not that that's tall pretty anymore, tall? But I was that's taller. pretty tall. I'm five six. Jonah, how tall are you? Five ten ish. Five nine and a half. I'd say. I literally googled probably this week. Can you learn how to dunk a basketball over forty years old? <laughs> <laughs> Can you? Can you? So here's what they say. It's really all about your vertical jump. And you, apparently you can do exercises to kind of work on your, your jumping skills. I think it's going to take a lot of work for me and it may not be possible. Yeah. But I just wanted to see, you know, maybe that could be a fun project for the summer. I don't think it's going to happen. Sometimes it just feels nice to know there's things you can do over 40 and like you're not going to do them, but <laughs> yeah. it's you could nice to know you could. Yeah. Yeah. I you think could. that's. Yeah. I, I think it's not impossible, but it's. Pretty unlikely. Okay. <laughs> I think that's nice, though. And I will, say, <laughs> I will say, too, something kind of sort of related to this is that I feel like Zoom has made it really hard to tell how tall people are. Yes. And it is wild when you know someone only from Zoom. I was playing this mafia game every Friday night when COVID started with Taryn Killam and Kobe Smulders and all of their friends. Every Friday, I would sign on. It was such a great group. I became friends with all these people. And I thought, these people, they're so nice. But in my mind, I thought, they're of average height. You know what I mean? Like, they're probably sure. short to medium height just based on, I don't know, some idea I had in my head from Zoom. Something happens. I don't, there's some <laughs> kind of party where I meet in person. And these people, are these are some of the tallest people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> like, all of them, they, pretty much. Uh, almost all of them. Almost across the board. I'm saying I bet I was either shortest or tied for shortest. Wow. And I'm 5'6". And that's men and women. You didn't know what you were dealing with with that group. This is the tallest group of sweeties you've ever... <laughs> Tall drinks. The tallest drinks you've ever laid eyes on. Wow. I mean, I, I will say just really, you know, quickly that speaking of shorter guys, I have a soft spot for short guys. My dad and yes. my brother are short and maybe that sounds weird, but I'm like very in tune with the plight of a shorter gentleman. It's mm -hmm. like very like embedded in our household. And my brother was in the first ever trial for human growth hormone for children wow. from Johns Hopkins. So my mom had to give him a shot every night and only half the kids were given it and half weren't. <gasps> and he was. And so he grew like two inches. It was great that he got two inches, but he is still very short. And I can see how it was a very big thing in our household. And I, it translated in me wanting to have sex with many short men, which was upsetting. Which who knows how things twisted and turned into that, but... Into that. So did he find out? Yeah. So you don't know uh, the whole time if it's a placebo or not. Yeah. And then you, you find, find out, out the at end? the end of the trial. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 
How long did it last for? Do you remember? It's like a year long trial. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I mean, he's so glad he did it because you have to be a very specific age when you do it. Okay. So it was just so random. That's crazy. Well, we love people of all heights. All heights. <laughs> and all, all, all everything, really. And on that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then we're really going to dig in. <laughs> Great. To Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet with Casey Wilson. We'll be Shout right out back. to my brother, Fletcher. Okay. Hacks is back for season three. And so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. And we're back. Okay. Now I want to talk about Boslerman's Romeo and Juliet, but first, are you guys wondering if I was ever in Romeo and Juliet in a production? <laughs> yeah. Casey was chatting me this whole time being like, who should ask? Like we both want to like, know. Was she or not? Do you know how to best bring yeah. it up? It flashed. I should have asked. It flashed that if you were very tall, <laughs> did you do what I also, what I really wanted to ask is when you did Shakespeare, did, were you always cast as the guy? Well, it's, but I guess I'll come out and ask it. Good question. Were you cast as Romeo? It's interesting <laughs> that you say that because I never thought of this casting happening because of my height, but in fifth grade, and I just confirmed before this podcast with some people, my friend Kitty, Andy Green, I confirmed with them that I'm this fair. was in, in fact, fifth grade and not sixth or seventh grade. 
the kind of advanced, not to brag, English classes, there were three of us, (laughs) each did a Shakespeare play. They did The Taming of the Shrew, Hamlet, and Romeo and Juliet was the one that my fifth grade English class did. Now, we had, at the time, a teacher who, this guy, he was such a pushover, and he was such a bad teacher, and he was so bad at casting that he actually got fired midway through the year. And when the new teacher, Mrs. Pistel, who was our my friend Jenny's mom, when she got put in, she replaced him as a teacher. And, you know, at that point, there's nothing she could do about the casting. <laughs> I said I to her, you're expecting a teacher to be, you're like, he's so bad at casting. Like, that's a different skill set. <laughs> but, okay. Yeah. I think he was fired because he was a really bad teacher and not because he was bad at casting, but that was a side effect. <laughs> okay, got it. You're saying he probably didn't become a casting director after his I'm teaching. saying, like, at least, like, part of being a teacher is knowing where you're student strengths are and that's also part of casting (laughs) on stage yeah (laughs) there was a gal who was really pushing to be Juliet and she got it basically because she was just really like telling him a lot she wanted to do it and it's like I'm sorry is that is this merit-based or what anyways (laughs) turns out I'm the king okay (laughs) who's the king right (laughs) sorry I'm Trainer. I'm the king or the there was a king policeman or something. Did you say basically who? my only lines are I go in and I go when the two families are feuding, I'm like, hey, break it up. That's basically it. Wow, they didn't know who they but had on their two hands. Lines. I mean, Emmy nominated. That's right. See? I know. Don't I know it? Anyways, so I was the king. And it was a nothing part. And Mrs. Bissell, because <laughs> again, I'm still friends with her daughter, Jenny. She has said to me since, like, I'm so sorry there was nothing I could do about, you know, what they, they, you, you were already cast because I've obviously brought it up to her. It seems like time. you want reparations. It just feels like, look, you know, could you have come in and change? I mean, I understand kids are sensitive. I was, you know, kids seems are sensitive. Like you were the one that was sensitive. <laughs> so, so, Casey, bringing it back to Baz Luhrmann's uh, yes, Julia. I, yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into it. You, did you see it in the theater? Vanessa, are you... D- oh, sorry. Is, is there more I'm done. Work? Okay. I'm, go ahead, Jonah. <laughs> Seems like you've, you've really let it go. Did you see it in the theater? Did you see it... Yes. What was that like? Thank you, Jonah, for bringing us back to the topic. <laughs> I think I did see it at the theater. I think... I don't... Maybe I'm making this up that there was an AMC back then, or I... It felt like one of those with all my girlfriends, mm-hmm, which my mm-hmm. son calls AMSE Theater. Mm. He's always like, are we heading to AMSE? I was like, what? <laughs> it sounds That's so fancy. Yeah. I know. I was like, AMC. We're Stubbs members, not to brag. Whoa. Yeah, I saw it with all my girlfriends, and they all loved him, too. Like, I was, it was an electrifying feeling. And I loved Claire Danes, too. Like, I just loved Ugh. everyone in it. And I probably saw it. I want to, remember you would go see things a lot. So many yes. times. I so saw many- it a lot. I did, too. I did, too. Yeah. And it was like, Claire Danes was right off the heels of my so-called life. <sighs> Which... I mean, I mean, I was also the perfect age for that. Perfect, same. Yeah, and she and Leo, you just thought it was like catnip for being that age. It yes, was like the exact yes. thing. And again, watching the trailer today, I was like, they both look so so young, but so are we. That's and, right. and so do we, yeah. And so, yes, <laughs> and so do we. We look so young yeah. now, and it just was. Incredible. And you mentioned it, but it is, and I have the whole song list here, but it did feel very tied into that soundtrack was amazing. It was like they went hand in hand. They really did. They really did. And some really intense, dark moments in the 
film and the soundtrack. Do you remember? Was did you have a favorite song on the soundtrack? Of course, love me. The one everyone was like. Oh love yeah, 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 yeah. Say love, that deal. Yeah, love that one. The Cardigans, of course. of course. Love fool. How about number one crush by Garbage? How did that go? The one where I would die for you. That oh, one. Of course, of course. Of course. How did I even ask that? That was huge. That was huge. Love. Everclear song, Local God, which I was listening to today, which reminds me so much of Romeo and Juliet. Yes. It's the one where he goes like, <laughs> sorry, I sing a lot on here, which I know you do too on your podcast. Yes. He Go goes please. like, I feel just like a local God when I'm with the boys. We do. Do you know what I'm talking I about? I have to admit local God isn't sticking out to me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, what I found most interesting is I don't remember. I mean, I remember the CD, like seeing it around the house. Yeah. yeah. But I could not believe that there was a Butthole Surfer song on this soundtrack. Right. That was very unexpected to me. Do you two remember that song? Were you familiar with them at Whatever, all? Whatever. I had a dream. Not coming to mind. They had like kind of one mainstream moment. Uh, but they were a pretty experimental, kind of well-respected band. I, I wish I could remember. They had a single at one point in the 90s. But yeah. Boz Lerman, you know, he's up to his new tricks, his old tricks now. <laughs> Just throwing every old song in there. I loved it. I wonder if, like, if I went back and watched, if it's, like, cut as fast as his current movies, I've always wondered. Right. That's a good point. Is it? Is it Now so... that we're, like, more aware of his filmmaking Yeah, his style. style. His style. Could you two talk a little bit about Baz Luhrmann? Because I feel like I tried looking into it. I'm not familiar with him. I know he hasn't directed a lot of movies. So, like, why was this kind of so important? And what do you think he kind of brought to the film? I think unlike your English teacher, he was great at casting. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Like, for me, the movie is just one word and one word only. And I'm going to call him by a shortened name because that's what I feel I know him. And that's Leo. That's just straight up Mm -hmm. one word. That's what the movie was to me. I have never been, maybe nor since, so infatuated with someone ever in my life. Casey, did you have a story about Leo? I have two. Okay. So we go and see the movie. We've now seen it a bunch of times. And I was just like, everyone loved it. But I feel like I loved it even more. I, I felt was just the like, same I way. I was like, you guys anywhere. don't get it. You don't. I was angry. I'm like, you all want to fucking watch this movie and then just sit around <laughs> after it. And I want to do something about it. Like, I want to get out there. And they're all like, what do you want to do? Like, what would you possibly do, right? I had something to do. So I call our local paper, Alexandria Gazette in Virginia. It's a very, it's a small town, okay? And I said, listen, I I think, I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview Leonardo DiCaprio as a high school student. And I said, so if I do, can I go ahead and I can obviously put place it in this magazine and, or this <laughs> flyer? Oh and God. they were like, yes. And I was like, great, great, great. So that gave me the green light to be a reporter from the Alexandria Gazette. <laughs> oh, my God. Never said my age. So I just started calling. I didn't even know what agents were, but I found... God, I think it was William Morris. It was something. Okay. Oh, my God. I found publicist info. I found agent info. And I just started calling. And I will say, I think I put on a pretty believable. It was like breezy. It wasn't like too heavy of a need (laughs) behind it. It was just like, hey, I'm writing a story for the, you know, it was it was it was right. I think what I did my acting there and my friends were just kind of disturbed the lengths I went, the amount of people I called. I mean, this was just like really went on. And finally, I got wind that he was shooting overseas. Okay. Now, I don't know. Did Teddy done Titanic? I think this came out the year before Titanic. 
Okay, because in my head later, I remember thinking when I was at NYU, it like hit me like, I think I like stopped where I was walking. I was like, he was filming Titanic. Yeah, whether they were lying to me or not. I felt like they were telling me the truth. Okay, okay. So they said he's not available because he's overseas. overseas. And that's as far as it went. However, I then took that trick to great success when Rent came to town. Wow. Came to the Kennedy Center. I fell in love with this understudy. He, he was the understudy for the main role, which I felt like I could get at an understudy. Sure, belt. sure, like, sure. These are the fringe characters, you know? Yep. So I left a thing at the stage where I said, obviously, writer from the Alexandria Gazette, looking to ask you a few questions, and I knew he would call. Of course. The yeah, understudy. Yeah. And I was like, basically what I wrote in the letter was like, who needs that guy? I need you. He did call. We went out to dinner. Got way too drunk. I was blasting Rent in the car. And finally, he said simply, how old are you? (laughs) And I'd forgotten to turn the recorder on. It was awful. So not only was I sort of busted, I didn't even have any article to give him at the end. And I really was hoping to send something and just be like, this is what I did. How old were you at that point? I was 15 or 16. 16. (laughs) I must have been 16. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because I was taking the SATs the next day, which I bombed. (laughs) Oh, my God. But I would have bombed him anyway. Like, I couldn't even barely add. But it was so... I was thought this was, like, the ha- the life hack of a century. I was like, oh, this... We will... I dressed up with, like, a blazer. I was like, this will be my lover after this. I'm so impressed that you had the, like, confidence and the courage to pull it off and meet up with this person in person. You know, I didn't get to Leo. I did. I did come down a few rungs. But yeah. Leo really channeled you a few years later and catch me if you can. Um, <laughs> yes, he did. Oh my God, was based good on point, me? Jonah. I think so. I think that so. is incredible. Even wow. still, I have a girlfriend, a new friend, and she tells me very casually, very casually one day, she's like, oh yeah, you know, I met Leonardo DiCaprio and I slept in some hotel room with him and a couple other people. Like it wasn't sexual. But I literally, and then she start, tried to move on to some other topic. And I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> Can you imagine she loved that movie the way we did, Vanessa? And I don't mean to exclude I you, Jonah, but then she's, she was like friends of his girlfriend or something. And she's just like lying on a pullout. I, Can you imagine? I cannot even, you know, we, one time we were at SNL, we went to this party on like a weeknight and we were in some weird basement. And then all of a sudden this, these other people show up and they're like, there's this guy with like this baseball hat on. Always. And someone goes, oh, it's Leonardo DiCaprio's birthday. He's like having a little birthday party here. And we are so like, it was, I remember, I think it was like, it was like all the women, we were just all from that. And I think the closest we got to saying hi to him was like, we sent Kristen Wiig over and she sort of like said like, hi, or something like she said, like hello to him. Perfect. And Send we her over to like, do the bidding. Yeah, we were uh, sent her over. And she's to do like the bidding. can be a bit shy, <laughs> and she can be shy, and she's by leaps and bounds so cool. Like we're like, oh, so we'll cool. send her over. She's. And I think she went over there and I would love to hear her version of the story because she might be like, Vanessa, you're telling this completely wrong. But she like went over and said hi to him or something. And we all, it was like, I wanted to like turn around and run through the wall. Like That's what I would be like a cartoon. Like you would see my outline through the wall. I'm not trying to be funny at all. I I would die. Did he come over? He didn't come over, but then a little way. We did one time when Jonah Hill hosted... SNL, like he he was like there with him or something. And again, I wanted to just like run, run through anything I through the sets. 
just absolutely jump through the window. But, you know, in a... And did you and, get a high, uh, a face-to-face? So, or you just were yeah, aware so of his presence? Yeah, so what happened was he almost did a sketch with us. He almost did... Oh. I think he almost... It was... I think it was the thing where... Was he in the opening with Jonah? Did they do like a Titanic thing together, maybe? Maybe. It's crazy that I can't... I think because I was like blacked out this entire week, I can't remember it, but... yeah. He almost did this like ex-porn stars thing with that Cecily and I do with Jonah. And we were trying to get him to do it in the most gentle way because also being so scared to talk to him. And he was so nice. And then he didn't do it. And then I think... Wait, are you saying you tried to get him to do it face to face or like through? I think Lindsay we tried Shookus. to get him to do it. Fa- I think we oh through like through other people, and then I think we saw him, and we were just like the, the lightest. It's like I'm like, am I making all of this up? I'm like, how could I not? No, this really happened. This intro happened during the 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 monologue, 2014. Okay, so he was in the intro, and then we tried to get him to do the porn stars thing with the sketch with us, and he like was like no, he, he was like thinking about it, and then he was like no, and then. He said, to, I, I do think to your point, Casey, like a lot of it happened through producers and stuff. Like, I think there was very little face to face. Sorry to get technical. I just really I, am like, I need to know what the level of like contact was. And even if it was none, I'm still thrilled and impressed. I think it was like very, very little. And then he did Great. say something nice after. Like, he was like, oh, I probably should have done that with you guys or something. And I don't remember if he said that to me or to it someone else. It doesn't matter if you didn't say it. <laughs> I love but this. I have it a was, thrill coming through me. I'm like electrified. So, I forgot about that. I thought the only story I had about him was at the birthday party until we started talking about this. And I think that the Titanic opening he did was so... like a recovered memory. Yeah. So funny. That's a wow, Vanessa. I don't think you can see this, but I'm sweating. (laughs) I bet. I can't believe you were in a position and I feel like SNL would kind of put you... They Not like the show put you in this position, but you would find yourself in the position of having to convince huge celebrities to do something that would make them look stupid. It was just... It's like, why am I doing this? Like, I remember... I was rehearsing something with Steve Martin. The producer like was sick. It was just me and him. And I was trying to get him to dance with me. Like one of those like dad daughter dances people do at a wedding. So yeah. he's like, what are we doing? And I'm like trying to show him moves where like he crawls on all fours and I get on top of him and do like the <laughs> Western, you know, thing. <laughs> like a lasso. It, I'm like, I want to die. Like I am, I can't, this can't be happening. And he was like, I think that'll hurt my knees. I'm like, of course, of course. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> So the fact we, that you're just like well, gently, it's like gently yeah. pressuring, but at the same time, you're like, do this. Steve Martin. By the way, I just want to say your memory made me think of a memory where Taryn and I were trying to get Mick Jagger once to do, <gasps> to sing um, One Sweet Day by Mar- Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. And we're, we're like, Stop. we're like in this tiny shitty office with no windows. And we're like, you remember once, do you know the song One Sweet Day by Boys to Men and Mariah Carey? And he was like, um, yeah, I think so. And we were like, Okay, so you would be singing that, and he's like, oh. <laughs> "This is," and you don't have a lot of time too. So you're like, "That'll be happening," and then, <laughs> yeah, 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 you get like so little time with these people, and we're like, and you're singing it into a megaphone, okay? And so, and it was just like, it was just like, what was his face doing? I just remember him trying to. Again, a moment that I can't remember that clearly because it seems so crazy. But like, I just think it was sort of a face of trying to understand what was going on and what I was saying. Trying to just be like, what is this person saying to me? (laughs) Yeah. What am I being asked to do? Will How will this make me appear? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Now, coming back to Boss Lerman's Romeo and Juliet, or I just want to say a couple of my other favorite songs. And then I I have something else I want to bring up. 
I also loved Kissing You by Desiree. Yes. There was a real mix of like kind of hardcore, like kind of like intense songs and then like these beautiful love songs. Yes. Do you remember the song To You I Bestow by Mundy? I wouldn't have known it was by Mundy if I didn't have it in this list. It's like one of those songs that you would remember only listening to the soundtrack. Like I believe that if I, because I started listening to it this morning, I think I know every word from every song in the soundtrack, yet these song names sound completely foreign right like i you you need to hear it to be teleported yeah yeah and jonah i'm sorry i can't remember what whatever i had a dream by butthole surfers is but we're so sorry jonah it's okay i do not take that personally now jonah you've been awfully quiet did you see this yeah. movie so thank you i Casey. don't think <laughs> I mean, is this a show with a sister and brother host or okay yeah <laughs> just one sister and guest normally if we're watching a movie i try to watch it and this one... Well, I'm not trying to call you no, out. No, no, no. No, it's fine. I just thought maybe you had a story. I don't... I guess the story is you didn't watch. I went, can I watch this movie for free? The answer was no. <laughs> and so I... And that was the end of that story. That was sort of the, the whole story. Honestly, and I don't mean to be gendered. I think this was kind of a... And I'm not going to be gendered, but but like it kind of hit you then or... Yes. You had to kind of watch it then. Yes, yes. You had to be someone who was pretty interested in Leo because as much as it was like, like Claire was just like doing incredible acting in it, but totally. he was like being the tiniest, sweetest little heartthrob. He was being like a little elf, a little elfin. You remember? A little, yeah. Prancing yeah. about kind of in a great way. And he just, I don't even remember anyone else in it. You know what? I saw a clip in the trailer. I think Paul Rudd is in it. Yeah, I think he is. In what? It. Paul Rudd plays, he, yes, he plays like the guy that they want Claire Danes to, the family wants Claire Danes to date, I believe. Wow. I could be wrong about this. But it's like, he, it, it's kind of like, it was like post Clueless. It's like, doesn't Paul Rudd have a thing where like after he did Clueless, people just kind of wanted him to play hunks and he sort of purposely, that's when he started doing, the, I'm, I'm making all this No, up, I think you're right. That's I when he started doing theater right. or something because he was like, I don't want to be typecast as like the handsome first, like I want to be which was really doing upsetting. more yeah. kind of interesting stuff. So he is in it, which is a sh true shock to me. John Leguizamo, I think is in it. Yes, right? yes. Got it. And he's, so he's in it. He was great in it. He was great in it. Paul Sorvino, I think, plays her dad. I love Paul Sorvino. I, it, the faces, it's all coming back to me. Yeah. I'm remembering the potion scene. Yes, yes. Ugh. Well, and you know, I was on a plane as adults, like I'll call it 10 years ago with my best friend, Gwen, who I talk about all the time. And she was like, Vanessa, we should watch Bosler, Ms. Romeo and Juliet. And I said, Gwen... We are not watching it. It will make me too sad because the ending is so gutting, which everyone knows the ending of Romeo and Juliet, but it's somehow every time I would watch it, I would hope for a different ending. And Gwen said, which we'll is the sign of a great movie. It's a sign that, of a great movie. Like, that, totally. that story is a tale as old as time, you know, that the director was able to achieve that. And Leo, obviously. Yes. And Leo. Okay. So she's like, we won't watch through the end. We'll stop before like that stuff happens. And I'm like, okay. And then, you know, you get sucked in and you can't stop. It's an impossible thing to do. And I was mad at Gwen for about an hour after that. Yep. So I am too. It's so good. It's such a... I think the other thing I was thinking about, I was listening to the soundtrack and stuff, is it really didn't... Even though it was maybe we didn't know it meant for teens, it didn't talk down at all. It was like <laughs> I didn't intense. know it was meant for teens until you said that. <laughs> well, no. I don't think it was. And now it's so well, obvious. Wait, was it meant for teens? I think so. I think probably, But yeah. it did not appear that way. Because they are just so young. I mean, in my eyes, it was like a porno. <laughs> like, it might as well have been. <laughs> I, know, I know. 
I was like, these two, this is the most hot, the hottest the couple. hottest couple. Uh, absolutely. Are they in touch? Like, if they saw each other, they would say a, a quick hi. Like, what's their relationship in life? And I know that they were playing characters. I have got <laughs> to hope with all of, with everything in my soul that yeah. they are still in touch. Because... Like a text here and there, Christmas card. <laughs> Have you ever met Claire Danes? No, you've met Claire Danes? Okay. Vanessa, met, stop. For real? Wait. <laughs> yes. I met Van- her because... Can I just say really quickly, I think Claire Danes, it was just occurring to me, is is like a, a, a Sarah Jessica Parker-esque figure. Where you just like, you love her, you couldn't love her more. Did you know Jesse Klein grew up with her? Pardon? <laughs> Are you serious? Like, she was friends with her older sister because they both grew up in New York. <sighs> Jesse, just not tell me this. <laughs> I think she's like, she remembers Claire was like pretty amazing and Claire was going to pursue acting. And she, I feel like Jesse was like, it's tough, you know? <laughs> Good luck, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. He must have really had a lot of fun with Kate Winslet. Like, with that, you could feel like they had fun on set. Like, also, he was a little older. Yeah. Like, he was yeah. like, I get it more. I've had my, f-, you know, like, now I'm I'm here. I'm, and yeah, I think he and Kate, that's... The, and, they, but did that, Vanessa, did that couple move you as much in Titanic as Claire and Leo? Because it did not mean. Well, I did see Titanic many times in the theater. Obviously, I loved Gwen it. And I, Gwen and I did take our moms, to which our moms both were like, oh, it's fine. And we were like, what? We were like, you guys are absolute idiots. It's the best. Yeah, you're monsters. But no, I mean, the true, <laughs> the couple of our lifetimes is Claire and Leo. That's, I do want to tell a quick story about meeting. I met Claire because she was in this movie that Kyle Mooney Bixby did Bear? called Bixby it, Bear. Yes, yeah. called Bixby Bear. And I met her and it was so funny because I used to, when I would go, I used to live in the West Village in New York and I would go like walking along the Hudson and I would see her running and the way that I could recognize her is because it was always be so hot outside and she'd be making the face that she makes when she's crying in <gasps> my so-called life. Like she makes that face the whole time she runs. So she's it's really so hot or, or she's because it's so hot or the whole time she was running when I saw her, I would see her making that face. But however, I would be in my, you've, you've both seen me in the sun. I wear like long sleeves, a hat, long (laughs) pants. I look like absolute maniac. Like a witness protection type situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I met her at this thing and I said, it's so nice to meet you. I'm such a big fan of whatever. And she was like, do you go So sorry, you stopped her running? No, 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 no. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So I would see her running. I wouldn't say anything. I just anything, wanted to know but... what kind of chutzpah we were talking about here to yeah, get yeah, to her. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Exactly. I did not have the you pretending didn't have that I'm a journalist going. level of chutzpah. No, okay. no, no, no. I would just see her and be like so excited and then just go on, you know, sweating a thousand gallons under my long sleeve <laughs> pants and shirt. Okay. So then I met this event for Kyle, for Bixby Bear for Kyle's movie and I meet her and I'm like, I'm such a big fan. She was like, do you go like walking in like like a lot of layers or something? Ah! <laughs> and I said, yes, that's me. I said, I, I always see you like when you're running, but I always assume that you don't know, you know, I didn't know that she would know who I am, but also that she would be able to recognize me under so, so many layers. And it's probably one of the happiest moments of my life that she like could pick me out of a crowd in a full, you know, head to toe uh, UPF garments. Vanessa, that is very cool. That it, is really... Did you ever see her on the West Side Highway after this moment and like give her a wave? Or Great or, question, Jonah, and I had it too. <laughs> I did. Unfortunately, no, but... No. Ooh. Did you pass her or... 
Well, the thing is, I don't know if that was probably around the time I moved to LA. So I don't know that I had. So you would have. I would have. What would you have done if she's coming towards you? She's running. Yeah, she's running. So you don't have a lot of time. <laughs> Hi, Kat. <laughs> Hi, Kat. Oh, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like making it clear it's over or leaving room for more for a stop. The thing that's the problem is it was so hot. It was like the kind of thing where like if anyone were to go up to her and try and stop her in any way, it would be mean because it's like, let her get her run finished before it's even hotter outside. So, you know, she's still running because I read the worst publication of all time just for (laughs) just the entertainment section, which is Daily Mail. And boy, do they have her running every single day. They've got her in a tank top. Really? And is she making that face? You know what? I am calling up one face, like mouth open kind of. She's always in a little like very fitted tank and running her little brains out. She's so fit. And and on the West Side Highway, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I would see her. That's where I would see her. Wow. She's so fit. She's so fit. And also the epitome of... Because, okay... Could we have thought she was any cooler when she did My So-Called Life? No. no. Could we have thought she was any cooler when she then did Romeo and Juliet? No. Now, do you remember that My So-Called Life had sort of a... It was on ABC and then it had sort of a second life on MTV. And I've met people who think it was originally on MTV and I go, no, you idiot. It was on ABC. <laughs> I didn't know what it was on think? MTV. You think MTV had the capacity to make a drama like that? Sorry. A second season, Vanessa? Or it just moved over there? It was not a second season. Although in the same way that I would hope every time I watch Romeo and Juliet, it would have a different ending. The MTV version, when it would play on MTV, I'd always hope that there would be additional episodes. And now I'm realizing as I say this to you, that I have had dreams many times that there is there are new episodes of My So-Called Life coming out. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Actually, Catalano. it's a recurring dream. I just have to say his name out loud. What's that? <laughs> Jordan Catalano. I just have to say that name. Yeah, of course. So when they would air these episodes on MTV, they would do this interstitial thing where it would be Claire Danes and Jared Leto at a diner. And they would introduce <laughs> the episode. And they'd be like, this next episode is like, this was a really fun one for us. Like we, this is not a good impression of Claire Danes. <laughs> she talks much better than this. But this this one was so much fun. I remember like we got in the car and it was so crazy, you know, and they'd be like, enjoy you guys. Everybody enjoy. And they'd be like, yeah, enjoy. And I was like, they're sitting in a fucking diner right now, just having the time of their lives, being the two stars of our generation. And just like, what could Claire Danes not do? Like, right. Meanwhile, they were probably shoved in that booth, like really <laughs> quick, like... Do you think they liked each other? Olivia, love any information on that? <laughs> I love her. But I says, Claire didn't have an accent like that? Because it's... <laughs> no, no, no. But she definitely has a very specific way of speaking. I know what you're going for, Vanessa. <laughs> okay, I'll try and do it more like her. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm not going to. But no, it was just more like... I think you could get it so great if you gave it... I don't... Re- like a, I, a half hour. Casey, you try it. No! <laughs> I'm horrible at impressions. What do you think she talks like? I don't have it. She has sort of a low voice, yes, right? Yes, Um Yo, and it's kind of like clenched teeth, I think. I'm not going to go to the... I'm not going to go to the party. <laughs> Where uh, is I the president? <laughs> That was homeless. Okay. <laughs> Olivia found an article called Claire Danes once revealed that Jared Leto had to show her how to kiss in my so-called life. Great lesson. Now I'm having a flashback to, I believe that Claire Danes would say impressed that her first kiss was with Jared Leto. 
Can you imagine that era of Jared Leto and that's your first kiss? Nope. Again, makes me want to just stand up right now and, and just run just through the world. end everything, honestly. <laughs> honestly, like this, and again, I'm not in charge of this podcast, but it is about Roman Judd, it seems to me, but it's also <laughs> almost about my so-called life because to me, they do belong together, if that, yes. as a TV, like the companion piece. Yes, 100%. Okay, Olivia's sent another article. Also quoted, Danes considered Leto an older brother to her while filming the movie. Olivia, yeah, why did don't you want tell that, us that? Olivia. I really wish you hadn't said I that. I wish. Why would you put Especially that Especially on a brother-sister podcast. What's no, your problem? thank you. Olivia, we're going to have to have a talk after this. <laughs> you know, my husband says my brother and I have the biggest will they won't pay. <laughs> All time. So disgusting and disturbing. But... So I like that. No, I'm kidding. But I, I want to hear that there was like a crush, not like he was like mentor energy, boo. By the way, do you know the other guy in Jared Leto's band in My So-Called Life? The guy who says to Jared Leto in the episode of our of our probably lifetimes, The Boiler Room. Yep. The guy who says like, who's that girl that Rayanne's been hanging out with? She's kind of weird. That's Jared Leto's actual brother. Wow. And he's in 30 Seconds to Mars with Jared Leto. And he plays this kind of like shitty friend in My So-Called Life, but he's really his brother. Wow. You know what, Casey? I actually have one thing <laughs> to contribute to this conversation. Have and you that's... seen that? Sorry, Joan. I forgot you were there. Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> um, I had to interview Jared Leto once as an adult. Wow. And this sounds made up. I can't remember what You guys what are meeting all the good people. Okay, go on. Well, I didn't do it in person. But the premise of this article was like, you have to call this person like every hour for like an entire day. <laughs> and so... You're just now piping in with us? Jonah, I don't think I remember this. You don't remember this? It was what, it was for a music magazine. It was about 30 Seconds of Mars. And I called him like, maybe not every hour, but I called him probably like six, seven times a day and talked to him. <gasps> and he picked up every time? Yeah, I think so. He and he to. would be like, yeah, like um, we're going on stage soon. Like this is like, you know, he was very nice. And then at one point he's like, well, I've talked to you more today than like my mom or something. You know, like he was very nice, very friendly. But I, I called him like many times. But this was like a sanctioned thing. It wasn't like me just right, like. Right, right, right. It wasn't like, like me. And pretending yeah. you're from the Gazette. <laughs> yeah, I didn't pretend. Yeah. I was, it was a real assignment. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it. <laughs> but yeah, I did have, I did have this. It was for maybe a British magazine or something. Wait, you found him nice. Okay, Casey. Yeah. Really quickly, I'm going to tell you the story, which I've told many times on here. And for anyone who's already heard it, I'm going to tell a speed version, but not that we have. Okay. When I was in high school, as you know, I had leukemia and I did a Make-A-Wish trip and I was going to have my Make-A-Wish because it was, you know, my so-called lifetime. I was going to have my Make-A-Wish be to meet Jared Leto because you can meet anyone, go anywhere or get anything. So some people would get like computers. Some people would go on a trip to Hawaii, which is what we ended up doing, or you can meet someone. So I was going to meet Jared Leto. And if you wish it, they will make it happen? Or are there sometimes where they say, I'm so sorry? Like we Generally, can't. they will make it happen. Okay, there are people so cool. such as the Barefoot Contessa who've gotten in trouble in the past because they've said no to that. And then they get like, absolutely, it's not a great look, as you can imagine. I know. I don't mean to throw her under the bus, but it is insane that she wow. said no. Wow. <laughs> I think like she came around. the worst thing yeah. anyone yeah. could do. Yes. But generally, you do get to like meet the people, whatever. So I wanted to meet Jared Leto. But then I said to my parents, I would rather meet him when we're peers. This is teenage I totally Vanessa. totally agree and love it. Yeah. Coming out of having had just had leukemia. And I have the confidence to say, uh, I'd rather meet him when we're peers. So anyways, cut to, I was at the MTV Video Awards. Jonah was there presenting, introducing Miley Cyrus. And he is also presenting. 
And that's how I met him. Do you think Make-A-Wish made that happen, Vanessa? Well, <laughs> it's like I got a second wish. I know. I, I think they were maybe involved. But but yeah, so then I told, you know, Lauren Roseman, the publicist, our publicist, and she told his, and then he, and then I met him and then he took a picture with me and he put, I didn't have Instagram at the time, but he put it on his Instagram. So then I had it. And I think you can still find it on his Instagram. It's definitely on my Instagram. But I got to meet him when we were doing the same thing at the MTV Video Awards. Wow. Is that crazy? And did you tell him the story? I, it's unclear exactly Great what question, I told. Jonah. I told our publicist the story. I think she told the story to him. And then his publicist told him. And then he like came up to me got and it. said like, he it's came so up nice to knowing. meet you. And he did say like, you're such a fan. He just said something to me like, you're such a wonderful actress. Like, I don't think he knew who I was. <laughs> like, I don't think he, I don't think you generally would say that to someone on SNL. <laughs> like, hey, that's a comp- huge compliment. But look, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Anyways, he was so nice. Wow, you guys. And that was probably 10 years ago What are the well? chances you both have gotten where you are in your life to get at Jared Leto? Like, that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, uh, for a brother-sister pair to be... Thank you so much. Calling yeah, him and... Never thought about it before, but yeah, I guess it's true. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with Casey Wilson. Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. 
And we're back. Casey, we we were just, I can't believe we're in the final segment of this podcast. So having so I'm having so much sad. fun with you. I'm, like I'm running sad through too. my head, head. I'm like, I guess I've met Paul Rudd, which to me was also that. And I'm sorry Casey, to have to feel like I need to like add to the conversation. It's more just I know the feeling that was like out of body. Yeah. When you, to see from Clueless, like those people. Casey, you've done very well. Like I feel like you, you're really. I'm not ticking off the names you guys are ticking off. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't at that Vanity Fair party, okay? Well, now we're going to play a little game, Casey, called Yes Nostalgia, where we bring up some nostalgic shows, products, et cetera, that are making a comeback. And if you're into them, you can give them a yes-stalgia. Yes-stalgia. And if you're not into them, you can give them a no-stalgia. No-stalgia. Okay. Now, Jonah, would you like to read this first one? Yeah, I'll kick us off. Reese's is bringing back this fan-favorite snack. And it is called Reese's Dipped Animal Crackers. So it's bite-sized animal crackers covered in peanut butter, candy, and then dipped in milk chocolate. They were discontinued after reportedly making their first appearance on Costco shelves in 2022. But people at Costco's have been spotting them. People say they taste like a peanut butter cup with a nice crunch. Costco shoppers are very excited about this. 24-ounce bag is $8. Wow. Casey, what are your thoughts on this dipped animal cracker? I mean, I sounds I want them, and I know I'm supposed to just say one of two things, but I didn't see when they came out in 2022, but I'm Same. happy they're back to maybe get a crack at them. So is that nostalgia or yes-nostalgia? I think that's a yes-nostalgia. No. I mean, no. I will be honest, like how nostalgic can we be for something that was just out a year ago? Well, I didn't want to say it, you know. Yeah, um, so that's fair. But That's fair. It sounds great. Yeah. I mean, maybe uh, you can bite into this and make you remember of last summer or something. Like maybe with like when the pandemic was ending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We attach it yeah, to some exactly. greater meaning. Would you eat something like an animal cracker dipped in chocolate? Does that sound good? Does it sound like a little too much? What does it sounds sound? good to me. I mean, Vanessa okay. knows I love candy. I love okay. all oh. types. I couldn't sit I mean, I love and I love Reese's cups. Okay. Vanessa, what about you? What are your thoughts? I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Nostalgia. And again, I don't it doesn't feel super nostalgic because it came out a year ago, but at the same time. <laughs> I, it's actually such a great idea. I can't believe it didn't happen. Yeah, because I'm just hearing it, but I'm missing it. Yeah. Jonah? I'm not really, this kind of chocolate is tough for me, milk chocolate, because it mm-hmm. tastes a little too sweet. I would like more like, I like the animal cracker. I feel like the chocolate and the animal cracker is kind of a lot, I think. Yeah. No, This is, again, Casey, it's incredible that Jonah and I are related because he <laughs> says so such shocked. a- What do you want? Dark chocolate? It's insane. Yeah, yeah he probably I would, be would more say into yes dark to that. chocolate. Yeah. Okay, Jonah. It's like the fact that we're related and our sweet tooths <sighs> are so different in That's that disturbing. I have one and he does not. It's absolutely fucked up. <laughs> like, did your parents do something different? I mean, well, the thing is, this is okay. This is a dinner table. Okay, everybody eating as much as they can get into their stomachs, and Jonah going, "I'm satisfied. I'm going to stop eating." And we go, "What?" And then it's like dessert time, and Jonah's like, "I don't want dessert." And we go, "Who is this kid?" Yeah. <laughs> And that's a and that's just the way you were. Table. Yeah, I mean, I do like dark chocolate. Um, Ugh, <laughs> Jonah, Jonah, it doesn't please. count. But so I'm going to go with the nostalgia for mm. this one. Not surprised. Okay, okay. Vanessa. The next, the next one. Believe it or not, platform flip flops are making a comeback. Kendall Jenner has been wearing them, and there's styles by Coperni, which. I'm not familiar with and Balenciaga. So this is like a new thing. Now, do you remember? I'm going to show you a picture, but platform flip-flops. Yes, of course. Were you ever into platform flip-flops? I flip-flops? wasn't. I was like wearing Tevas, you know, and yeah. Birkenstocks. No. That's, that's okay. a nostalgia for me. No, 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 yeah. no, no, yeah. no, 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 no,
if they're popular <laughs> in a couple of weeks. I but look like no. Kendall. Jonah, what about you? Yeah, didn't know they existed. Doesn't really seem like something I would wear. So yeah, I'm going to go nostalgia on this one. What about you, Vanessa? Nostalgia. Well, I've got a strong answer for this. Okay. It is insane to me that these are coming back because they are the most uncomfortable shoes in the world. Unless that platform weighs literally nothing. It's like made of foam or something. You know how like flip-flops can already kind of irritate the inside of your big toe, or at least they always do on my feet. Having the weight of a platform under them, it is so uncomfortable. I had a pair of these in college, I think, by Steve Madden, a Steve Madden pair. And I remember being like, how can I ever wear these? These are so uncomfortable. I don't know why. Now, I had a pair of platform sandals that had this, like the strap kind of went across your toes. Yes, and there I were had few, that, but not flip-flop material. Those I'm fine with. Flip-flops? No way. What are you trying to do to us? I agree. Society? It's so like wear it's a, a heel nose. at that point. Yeah, wear a heel. And, and also, or don't, but or don't. don't do that. Wear a heel or don't, but or don't, don't wear that. Exactly. In the yeah. words of you, Casey. I agree. You're like, again, Rad, we've asked you for nostalgia, nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute nostalgia for me. Nostalgia. And I, I'm mad about it. Jonah, do you want to read this last one, which also food related? Yes, and movie related. <gasps> That's right. Ooh. Taco Bell is bringing back their uh, volcano menu. The volcano burrito was released to celebrate the 1995 movie Congo. So this came out around the same time as Romeo and Juliet. Claimed to be the spiciest burrito you could get due to this lava sauce. It was added 2008, discontinued 2013. But the Taco Bell volcano menu is back again now. I guess there's like a taco, a burrito, and then you can just get get a side of this lava sauce. And I just want to add the taco, the shell is sort of like a fluorescent red color. Mm So, Casey, what do you think about... They have Volcano Nachos, Volcano Double Beef Burrito, Volcano Quesadero, Volcano Steak Burrito. So they have a whole line of these volcano items. What do you think? I'm nostalgia there, although I'm not a Taco Bell hater. Okay. I refuse to be that. Yeah. Are you into... Though this says you can make your own lava sauce. Are you into the idea of like what? really spicy sauce or not no, really? No, I'm, I'm not into spicy foods. Okay. Fair so, enough. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I'm the same as you, Casey. I'm not into a spicy food and I take it or leave it. So I guess that's a nostalgia for no, me. I'm yeah, not really it's not my own sauce at a fast I'm not, I can't, excuse me. I don't come here to cook. No, sorry. This was to- actually like if you don't live near a Taco Bell, you can oh. send away make your own sauce by using their standard nacho cheese sauce and throwing in some spices. No. I, you know what? I, I appreciate this person putting that recipe out there, but uh, I don't know. I'm not adding it to my recipe cards Okay. or whatever. No, but I love food so much. Even hearing yeah. about Taco Bell, I'm like, should I go there today? <laughs> This is my brain is so messed up. I'm the same. Should I immediately leave here and go there? I do like Taco Bell. I don't have it very much, but I I do like it. I do like spicy food. I would try the the volcano menu for sure. I feel like when fast food places say stuff is spicy, it usually isn't really. It's like the idea of something being spicy. Oh, so interesting. That's good to know. I bet you it's pretty mild. And I know they did a promotion recently with Truff. So there's a truffle hot sauce that's pretty good. So I would try the volcano menu, you know, if I was at Taco Bell, but I wouldn't, you know, make a a special trip. Okay. Okay. So that's two nostalgias and one yesalgia for that one. Yep. I think that's it, huh? I think that's the game. Well, now, Casey, I'm so sad that we're ending. We have to end this podcast now. But for our listeners who I'm sure had the time of their lives listening to you, where can they find you? Oh, my gosh. Casey Rose Wilson on Instagram. I guess now I'm on Threads. 
Steven is it? Yeah, and my podcast, Bitch Sesh and Garbage Sesh, it's uh, Casey and Danielle, garbageworld.com. It's a membership. Yeah, and it's as a subscriber to the higher tier, the bougie bitches, I just have to say it's well worth every, it's worth every penny to <laughs> subscribe. You, Vanessa. You're so I sweet. listen to it every week. It was so nice to meet you, Jonah. Yeah, so great to meet you too. Thanks again for, for coming by. That was so fun. What a nice part of the day. What a beautiful part of the day. And thanks so much to everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird? Where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Thank you so much, Casey. Thank you. This is so fun. <laughs> Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.